let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division and the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from the sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give an account. Heavenly Father, thank you for a time to just praise and worship your name. Thank you for this word that is living and active in our lives. Lord, let this word pierce our hearts all the way down to the marrow of our bones. God, let this time be a time that we exalt you and praise your name. Lord, let us find rest in your word. Let us be here in this moment. Let all distractions go away. Lord, as Chris comes up to preach and to bring the word, let us have open hearts and open minds and be willing to change in our lives to look more like your son. In your heavenly name I pray, amen. Amen. Can we just say the name of Jesus? Yeah, right? Y'all got it? Jesus? Because if, if we can't say it here, we're probably not going to say it on the streets, right? And so we want to celebrate that name this morning. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a quick warning, okay? I am not an authority on the thing I'm teaching you today because we're teaching about rest, okay? We're teaching about how to rest. I don't know. So the good news is you're not relying on me today. You're relying on the, the author of the book of Hebrews. He's going to break it down for us. And um, this is a sermon that I'm preaching to myself. All right? And you guys get to kind of listen in. Because this week when I began to look at the mirror, it's like, whoo, are your eyes supposed to be that red? Uh, you know, they're supposed to be blue and white, right? They're not supposed to be red. But um, as we get into this, we're going to see what it means for us to truly rest in him. How many of us would say we're too busy? Anybody out there? Okay, a few of us. This sermon's for you. The rest of you, you're doing great. You're doing good. All right, so let's jump in. We are in Hebrews chapter 3, just right at the end. All right, it says this in verse 15. Um, As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And if you remember, this quote is actually from the Old Testament. Remember, they're assuming we're knowing the Old Testament. So so this is from Psalm 95. Let's go back. Let's read the whole psalm just because he's going to, the author of Hebrews is going to break down this psalm for us. So we kind of get a commentary from Scripture about this passage. So let's go back. Psalm 95, I'm going to start in verse 6, says this. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. And that's what we just did. We worship the Lord. We speak the name of Jesus. And it says, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in Meribah on the day of Massa in the wilderness when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof though they had seen my works. And if you remember, Meribah and Massa were that time where they were quarreling with Moses because they had no water. 
and we hit the rock, water came out, um, and, and they continued over and over, that was in Exodus 17, to test God. They grumbled, they quarreled, they kept testing God. Ten times, it says in Scripture, they tested him, and ultimately, the promised land. And they didn't get to enter his rest. It says in verse 10, For forty years I loathed that generation, and said, These are a people who will go astray in their heart. And, we have not, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Like if you were to choose a Bible character to model your life after, you're not choosing the Israelites. No one is. No one's like, you know what, I want to live a life just like the Israelites. Doubting God, constantly quarreling. No, we want to be Jesus. We want to be, have a life that as glorifying Christ in everything that we do. We don't want to follow the Israelites' example. So we're going to learn from them today how to enter into rest. So again, verse 13, as it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Remember last week we talked about exhortation. We talked about endurance being keys to having a soft heart. For who are those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not those who left Egypt led by Moses? Was it not them? They saw the ten plagues. They saw the Red Sea. They saw bread fall out of heaven. God literally made it rain, bread from heaven, and they still doubted. They still couldn't, in their mind, grasp to trust God to enter the promised land. And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. That they were unable to enter into that rest because they didn't believe God. Here's the question. Do we believe God? Do we trust in his word and what it speaks about us? Because if you're going to rebel against God, if you're going to rebel against his word, your soul will never find rest. If you have a soul, you have a, an inside of you, there's just this discontent, that means that we're probably being disobedient to the Lord because he has given us rest. What, what does rest even mean to us? It just means peace. It means a refreshment of our soul, right? When you rest, you're now refreshed to be able to face something new. We all could use a little extra rest in him. Where is that rest found? What's found in the presence of God. What were they missing by not going to the promised land? They missed fulfilling God's word and being in his presence. So if you're looking for rest in something that isn't permanent, if you're trying to find rest outside of God's plan, you're always going to fall short. Um, I don't know. Anybody watch, like to watch movies? Anybody watched the movie Ant-Man before? Anybody out there? Okay. Ant-Man, just a silly, goofy movie, right? I watched it just the other day because the new Ant-Man movie's coming out, and so we're probably going to go watch it. But in that movie, him, he's this ex-criminal, kind of a Robin Hood sort of character, and he's working at Baskin Robbins, okay? And he's sitting behind the desk at Baskin Robbins, and up comes someone to order from Baskin Robbins, and he's like, I would like to get a, mm, a pretzel with hot cheese. And he goes, it's Baskin Robbins. He's like, okay, okay, I'll get a hamburger with some fries. He's like, dude, it's, it's, it's Baskin Robbins. Okay, just whatever's hot and fresh. 
31 flavors, man. It's ice cream. It's Baskin-Robbins, right? So if you go to Baskin-Robbins expecting to get hot and fresh, guess what? You're going to be disappointed. So if you're going to the things of the world and you expect to find rest there, you're going to be disappointed. There's only one place that you can truly find rest, and that's with Jesus. And it goes for the other fruit of the Spirit. Where else are you going to find love like the love of Jesus? Because when you look for love in a temporary thing, guess what? That love is going to be temporary. When you look for um, joy in something that's temporary, guess what? You're going to lose that joy and happiness. So we have to find the source of those things grounded in Christ and who Christ is. So that's what he's teaching us here. How do we enter into that rest? Because the real question for us is, how do we learn how to rest in 2023? The life that we live is crazy, isn't it? The speed at which we live life. How do we find that rest? Let's look what it says in verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to fail to reach it. There's good news. There still is rest available to us. And that rest is going to come through faith. Okay, let me, let me give you an example of that. This week has been um, a challenging week for me personally, okay? Um, I've been on the edge of just like falling off the cliff, physically tired this week, right? Just all the things that are going on, right? You've heard that term burnout before, right? Sometimes you get to the edge of that and God has to pull you back. That was kind of my week in that. So what, did I, what do I do? Do I keep running full speed ahead or do you have to find a way to rest? Do you have to find a way to unfortunately cancel plans with friends that we love in order to find that rest. How do we do that? How do we find that Sabbath rest in the Lord? Well, it has to come through faith. It has to come through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Look what it says in verse 2. It says, For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. So let me ask you this. Do you know Jesus? Because if you don't know Jesus, you're like that guy ordering at Baskin-Robbins. You're never going to find rest. You're never going to find love. If you don't know the saving love of Jesus Christ, that through faith in him, you have a, the tapped in to eternal life, you're going to be lost. You're going to be wandering through a world without hope. But let me ask you this. Many of you came here today because you do know Jesus. Let me ask you this question. How well do you know Jesus? How much time do you spend with Jesus? Like, think about what makes a good friendship. Does it make a good friendship somebody that you see once a year at Easter? Is a friend somebody that you talk to once every few months? Or is a friend someone that you talk to on a regular basis? Maybe even a good friend, somebody you talk to every day. And if you talk to a good friend, you don't just tell them about how your day went. You talk about how you feel. You talk about your struggles. You talk about your celebrations. You talk about those things. How good a friend is Jesus to you? Because if Jesus is a source of rest, but yet we're distant from him, guess what? We're going to keep running and running. We're like, a, we're like on that human hamster wheel called a treadmill, right? We're just running in place and we ain't going anywhere. And guys, listen, I like running on a treadmill. It's a little soft on the feet, you know. It's nice, but I'm not going anywhere. In your life, if you feel like you're running full speed but you're not traveling anywhere, guess what? Turn off the treadmill. 
step away and find hope, find purpose. All those things are found in Christ. All right, look what it says next after verse 2, because he teaches us a little bit more about how to do this rest thing, okay? Because it's still available, well, how do we do it? For we who have believed enter that rest. So we who believe, if you have faith, you can enter this rest. As he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although his words were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. I love how they say that. This is Genesis, right? God resting from creation. But in some place it said, and on the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Let me ask you this question. Do you practice the Sabbath? I do not practice the Sabbath, but I need to practice the Sabbath. Here's the second thing. If you want to find the rest in God, trust God and practice the Sabbath. You've got to trust God, and you've got to step away. Here's how I know it's so important, right? Whenever you practice Sabbath, I want you to imagine that next Saturday you have nothing to do. No ball games to visit, no lawn to cut, nothing. Like you have nothing to do. Next Saturday, what are you going to do? Are you going to sleep in? Are you going to have homemade breakfast tacos, potato, egg, sausage, mmm, cheese, mmm, right? What are you going to do that day? Because the things that come up in your mind that day are going to tell you what you value most. Right? You might, oh, like, I'm gonna, I can't wait. Just I'm going to sit down. I'm going to binge watch this show I've been wanting to watch. Or, man, I can't wait to eat good food. I can't wait to all these things. Has the word of God been the purpose of that? Where is the word of God in that process? When you say, man, I have all day Saturday. I can't wait to just get in the word. I'm just going to devour it. can't wait to sit with my headphones on the porch and just listen to worship music until I can't even, until I hear the same song over and over. I can't wait until I can do that. Is that how we Sabbath? That's the beautiful thing about Sabbath. It brings up our idols and it puts us right before them so that we can deal with them. For me, you know what happens? YouTube happens, right? I just, I'm watching a video and then the suggested videos and 10 videos in, you're like, what happened to that time? It, it, it just, it sucks you in. It's like it knows you and it's trying to get you to pull into those ads and all those things. Um, we got to be careful. In fact, we have over time as Christians, we've just done such a poor job of presenting the Bible because what do we call it when you spend time in the Bible? Quiet time. Now, when I hear quiet time, I think of nap time. Right, remember in school, like, okay, right after lunch, we're going to have quiet time, right? And how many of y'all wish your job still had quiet time, right? Like, yeah, right after lunch, a little room, quick nap, right? We, we still wish we had that. But when we present this as quiet time, we're trying to stay awake, we're distracted, instead of this being our life. And we're going to see how God speaks of it in a second. But let me encourage you, find a time for Sabbath. And when you're in that Sabbath, See what comes to mind. See what attracts your attention. Because if those things aren't God, that's most likely our idols. And are we going to lay down our idols and follow him? That's the challenge we're going to have to face in our own hearts, in our own minds. Look what it says in verse 5. He's going to give us some more ideas on how to rest. And again, in this passage, he says, They shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Remember, they didn't get to go in the promised land because they didn't believe God. 
They disobeyed, right? And again, he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterwards. Remember, David is speaking after Joshua's brought him in the promised land, and he still says this, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So here's the point. The Israelites were wandering through the desert. Joshua, the first Joshua, got to take them into the promised land, and that was a temporary time of rest for them, right? Remember, they had come out of slavery. They've come out of this horrible situation, walked through the Red Sea, gotten the commandments, and now they got to go into the promised land. But it was temporary because here comes Babylon. Here comes, you know, Greece and Persia and Rome to conquer them. So a temporary man, a temporary thing can only give us temporary rest. But then came the second Joshua. Because you know what? Jesus is the Greek name of the Hebrew name Joshua, right? So Jesus' real name in, in Hebrew would have been Joshua. He's like the second Joshua. And because he's fully God and fully man, he can give us a rest that is eternal, so Joshua was a picture of taking them into temporary rest, but Jesus, the second Joshua, was a picture of eternal rest that we can have in him. Isn't the Bible cool? How it just links these things together, like, hey, in case you missed it, they have the same name, and they're going to take them in. And so faith, through faith in him, we can have eternal rest someday in heaven. But in the meantime, we practice Sabbath. We practice for heaven. We practice eternal things. Today, we rest. We rest in him. We rest in his word. We spend that time with him. And so he gives us this third sort of key to rest here in verse 11. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing from the division of the soul and the spirit, joints, and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That if we truly want to find rest, it has to be found in God's word. And God's word calls out to us to rest. You remember what it says in Matthew chapter 11, when Jesus is speaking to them, right? It says, O ye who is um, weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest, right? My yoke is easy and my burden is light, right? That if we want true rest, it can be found in Jesus. Or go back. Let's go back to, um, let's see, Psalm 37, right? It talks about how we can be finding our rest in him. Look, here's what it says in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Do you delight in the Lord? When we think of delighting in the Lord, that means that when we have free time, we're going to spend time with him. Commit your, to, commit your way to the Lord. Trust him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Whew. Be still before the Lord. Be still in 2023. Be still. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil deeds. You see, when we get tired, we get critical. 
Instead of just, Lord, you're in control. You're in control. I trust you with these things. Right? So let's go back. This incredible verse, verse 12, right, should be kind of the focal verse of what we talk about this morning in here. And it gives us some incredible words describing the word of God. Look again at verse 12. For the word of God. Do you believe that you have the words of God in your hand? Because last week when I was talking to the young adults, we were talking about the canon of Scripture. How do we know that this is the Word of God? Well, we believe, 2 Timothy says, all Scripture is God-breathed. That means the moment they wrote it down, it was ordained. The moment it was written down, it was in the canon of Scripture. So I know there's a lot of ways to think, is this really the Bible where we have all these different copies, 5,000 copies of it from early in the first century? We have all these different things, all these criteria we could use. But here's the ultimate thing. Do we trust God to preserve his word? He's the one who breathed it out. Do we trust him to keep it secure for us even today? So ultimately, we have to trust God that these are his words to us. And it says this, for the word of God is living and active. Now, it gives us two words, right? Living and active. Let's look at those words in the Greek, right? Because I won't try to say them, because every time I try to say them, I just totally mess it up, right? But these two words, right, one of them is life. Is the word of God our life? When Christ, who is our life, appears, when is this our life? And then the second word, you'll notice that that word, I think it's inner inner gaius, but I know I didn't say that right, so, you know, go home and listen to it on the internet somewhere. Um, But did you notice that this is the same word for energy? Is the word of God your energy? Is it the fuel for your life? Right? I am, by the way, I'm the worst at gassing up my car. Like I am always, they have that little number countdown thing, but I also know that once it says refuel, you got about 10 miles. Right? Or let me say this. I know you have at least 10 miles because I've gone that far afterwards. Okay? Um, But I don't know why. I just can't go get it until it's like refuel. I have to be like, hey, Kale, I might be calling you in a little bit because I don't know if I'm going to make it to the gas station, right? And so my kids are like, have, they probably have a gas can in the back of the car ready to come get me because they know I'm going to run out at some point, right? But if we in our Christian walk don't refuel, if we don't keep gas in the tank, guess what? We're going to be stranded. We're going to be left alone. We're going to be all of a sudden, all of our plans are going to fall apart because we all know we wait till the last second to get there, and there's traffic, so we're late, and we live our life that way. Instead of, let's refuel, let's keep everything. Like, I could go home and refuel today. I had gas yesterday, because this literally happened yesterday. Just top it off and keep it going, but that's not what we do. Are we staying refueled with the Scripture? Is it our life? Let me ask you this, tough question. Are you willing to let the Word of God change the way you live? It's tough. Listen, this is a tough question. The things that we read about in here, are we willing to adjust our life to them? It says, let no obscene joking come out of your mouth. No coarse language. It says we should be speaking life into people, not speaking death into them. Would you describe the way that you talk to other people as speaking life into people? If not, we should change the way we speak. Right? It says that we should, uh, that love covers a multitude of sins. Are we quick at forgiving others? Are we quick at extending grace to others? Or do we have that critical spirit? Are we willing to let the word of God change the way we live our life? That's a, that's a convicting thought. And this is what it's talking about. The word of God is living and active. That means it even speaks to the things that we face today. Do you believe that? 
you believe that the Word of God speaks about the situations that we have to deal with in 2023? E- even the Word of God speaks about all the things that are happening in our culture, the things that are happening all around us. The Word of God still speaks into those things. Look what it says next. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. This two-edged sword would have been the Roman short sword, right? It means that the Word of God is meant for close-in action. It's not just fired from far off. Gotcha, Anthony, right? Just shooting out. It meant to be close in action. It means that it cuts. You can stab. You can cut either direction. The word of God will read you and it'll pierce. You'll read it and you'll be like, ooh, man, that hit me hard. In fact, that's why I think that pastors preach so long. Not because you need all that information, but you need some of that information. And there's a lot of y'all in here. And all of us need different parts of it because the word of God just like, some of us, we need to hear that part about rest. I love the word of God. You know that about me, right? But I need to rest. So that part speaks to me. But some of us, we need to elevate the view of God, God's word in our life. And so God's constantly speaking to us through his word. It says this, piercing the vision of soul and spirit, right? Numa, right? Spirit, the psyche, it, that the word of God even pierces into who we are. Oh, tough question. Are you willing to let the word of God change who you are? And who you're going to become. Ooh, this is tough. Because God made me this way, but does he want me to stay that way? Is who I was made to be aligned with who Jesus is? Listen, maybe you're made and you just have that hot temper. Does God want you to just, oh yeah, just go with it. You're good. Yeah, just yell at people. It's good. No worries. You're made that way. Or does he want to, uh, us to adjust that to the picture of his son, Jesus? See, God wants to pierce even our soul, our personality. He wants our personality to be more like Christ. Instead of being angry, to be gentle. He wants to change who we are and who we're going to become. Literally, that's what sanctification means. That we're becoming like Christ at one degree at a time. Becoming like Jesus. Are you ready for the word of God to change how you live and even change who you are? And then it keeps going. It's even deeper than that. Of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Ooh, are you ready for the word of God to transform your mind and transform your emotions? Because if we're honest, in the world, a lot of the things that we do are based on emotions. They're based on a picture of this thing in our mind somewhere out there. Are we ready to let God's word change the way we feel about situations. Now listen, we live, we live in a world of feelings, right? We live in a world to where emotions drive a lot of our culture today. And so we have to be sure that we're basing what we believe and how we see the world through his truth, right? The steady truth of God, not based upon how we feel about a situation. This is what he's talking about. And what's so crazy about this is, doesn't this cover kind of all of us? We're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what does it say about the word of God? It's living, active, piercing soul and spirit, right? Discerning our thoughts and intentions. And I don't know about you, but usually when I get down, usually when my, I feel uneasy in my spirits, it's because my thoughts are running around like chickens in a, in a yard, right? They're just running everywhere, and I'm trying to run around, and, and I'm trying to figure out where they are, and I just can't catch any of them, right? And I can't make them, like, get them back in the cage, right? So I feel like, 
Ooh, my mind is like bouncing around. I'm like those ping pong balls thrown in the hallway at senior prank. They're just everywhere, right? That's what it feels like in my own mind. So until I step back and, Lord, can you maybe help me with this thought life? Um, you made the chickens. Can you slow them down? You, you made my thoughts. Right? You know my thoughts. Can you uh, slow all that down for me and help me out in this way, right? Are we willing to put those things before the Lord. And then verse 13 says this, and no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. That the word of God covers everyone. No creature is hidden from the word. That every one of us at some point is going to have to give an account before God to how we live our life. Are you ready? Like I know that when I get before God, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, right? I don't want to hear like, eh, pretty good. I don't know if that's one of the scales in there, okay? Um, I don't want to hear like, almost, buddy. I don't want to hear that either. Or, good try next, oh, sorry, this is not next time, right? <laughs> don't want to hear that either, right? Or, get away from me, I never knew you. I don't want to hear those things. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That means that what the Word of God says I want to adjust my life to that. So I want to encourage you, if you're tired, if you're worn out, don't give up your time in the Word. Don't give up your time in worship, because that's where you're truly going to find that rest. I did this week, and I'm still looking for it, right? So you can pray for me in that, and I'll pray for you to find that rest as well. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the way that it encourages us to rest. Lord, to find a place that we can sit with you and be refreshed in our soul, in our spirit. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to live a life that is pleasing to you so that when we stand before you and when you give an account of our life, Lord, that you will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I pray that this week we will spend time in the word. Lord, it's living, it's active. Lord, it will help us become more and more like your son, Jesus. Lord, for those of us who struggle with change, I pray that this week you will change us. You'll stretch us. You'll pull us to become more like you want us to be. And Lord, for each one of us in this room, Lord, give us rest. Help us, Lord, be refreshed and renewed. Give us peace in our hearts and our souls to trust you with what's next. Lord, we love you. And we thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Chris. have a couple of announcements for you as you make your way out. As I mentioned last week, we have our marriage conference that's coming up March 3rd and 4th. And if you look in your bulletins, you'll be able to see a way for you to be able to sign up. We have some exciting um, information. We have some couples that have been married for many, many years that are going to just share their words of wisdom and talk about things that they've learned. So it's, it's sure to enrich your marriages. So we want you to sign up for that. It's, again, it's March 3rd and 4th. And then this week coming up, if you have a pen, paper, write down Immerse, and then next to it write down Youth. Because this, uh, beginning this Friday through the weekend, the youth are going to be gathering, and they are going to be praising the Lord. They're going to be worshiping God through different uh, times of being in the Bible. Uh, they're going to be here playing games. It's going to be a, a real time of immersing themselves in the Word. They're going to be at host homes, so pray for the host leaders. 
uh, pray for those host homes. Yes, and they're, yes, some people are laughing, right? It's going to be tough, but they're going to do a great job. Uh, pray for all the leaders that are going to be pouring into the youth. We, we want to see a revival through the youth, and so uh, we just really appreciate your prayers. As you make your way out, I just want to encourage you to, as the, Paul said in the in book of Philippians, he said, to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God bless you.